Hi, I'm Carlos Kina, founding partner of Beyond the Deal, BTD for short, and this is our podcast series titled Beyond the Deal, Making Sense of M&A, Divestments, and Alliances. At BTD, we help smart and savvy organizations design, plan, and manage M&A integrations, separations, and alliances for themselves, and through this, get as much long-term value from the deal as possible. Based on 20 years of experience across more than 150 international engagements, we've made the process as simple, discreet, and modular as possible to reflect our clients' needs today and in the future. This podcast series will help guide you through the challenges and unknowns of M&A, integrations, divestments, separations, and alliances, bringing expertise and best practice from our team and other expert practitioners in our network. Our aim for each podcast is to provide you with practical, helpful nuggets, ideas, new perspectives, and things to do to support your own upcoming deals. We hope you finish each podcast with something new you hadn't considered before that will help you, your team, and your business be more successful. If you like our podcasts, please share, comment, or subscribe to our channel. BTD, from pre-deal to post, we help you go beyond the deal. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Carlos Kina. I'm partner with Beyond the Deal or BTD, and this is the second in our series of Meet the Team podcasts. And I'm really pleased to have with me uh, one of the longest standing members of the team, Barbara Verdlovich. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Carlos. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How's the weather in Vienna today? Oh, it's still early, so it's fine, but I think it's going to be a really warm day today. You're getting summer finally now? We, yes. we had ours, of course. It came and gone in England. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. No complaints. Cool. So um, what we're going to be doing is spending the next 15, 20 minutes just having a chat about you and uh, your role with BTD and uh, uh, what that's been like. So sure. one of the questions I'd like to to start with is is just, it's always interesting looking back, at, certainly on my career, but on others as well. You, you would never have predicted uh, getting to where you got to. And yet when you look back in hindsight, somehow it, it all either makes sense or you rationalize it. But in, in my experience, people do tend to kind of uh, gravitate towards uh, what they ultimately end up wanting to do anyway. So, you know, if you look back over your career, and I mean, I've, I've known you for 15 years now, I think it is. Uh, but even, you know, going back beyond that, yeah, what is it that you've done that I that you think led you to becoming a, a director here beyond the deal? Yeah. Is there any sense to it? Yeah, it's always like making sense backwards. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could say I planned it all out and executed perfectly to my plan. <laughs> oh, but we all know that wouldn't be true. <laughs> but uh, in retrospect, no, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, looking back in retrospect, I mean, there a lot of it um, has been coincidences not so much planning or, or maybe maybe a bit of both <laughs> it's difficult to say I mean if I think back how I how I came into consulting um, mm -hmm. in two it was in 2001 and um, back then I was uh, working uh, for Austrian Airlines and I actually was working with consulting, consulting. Okay. back then it was uh, Roland Berger was the group consulting Qualifier group, something which is not existing anymore. <laughs> but um, I, I remember going through all these workshops and thinking, like, huh, 
I really like what you're doing. That looks mm. great. I want to do that as well. So, so I think that's uh, sort of like opened or showed me possibilities. And then from there, I just like looked at the options and then, uh, and then yes, applied and, and started my career in 2001, just shortly before September 11. So I think if I had taken two more months to decide, there was no, no way <laughs> to change jobs back then. So a bit of planning, a bit of coincidence um, for the planning side. I remember a very good conversation I once had my, with my dad in a coffee house. Oh, yeah. Where we were talking about like careers and I was more back then thinking of well, what would the job, what job do I want to do, what roles do I want to play? And he made me go a step back and say like, well, that's not the right questions. It's more like, what do you want in a job? And, and mm. like, what are the... Uh, what are the qualities you're looking for? So at the end, we came up with with a neat list, and uh, I, and I remember the top two. Well, I actually remember. Um, yeah, the top two were that I wanted variety. Yeah, I like the constant challenge, the constant learning, and the other thing is I wanted to surround myself with interesting people, be part of an interesting team. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so. Yeah, I mean, when we met Carlos, that was also a bit of a coincidence how we started collaborating beyond the deal. And then you look back and suddenly decades have passed. But I guess the qualities of variety and meeting interesting people, working in great teams, that probably had been the, the fork in yeah. the past years. So if that makes sense as an answer to your question. Um, sure. It's, it's, well, I... I remember someone saying to me a very long time ago, ultimately, it always comes down to just doing interesting work with interesting people. Yeah, that's 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 usually what keeps us all together. Yeah, um, we we've often talked about I remember that team day we had many years ago where we kind of came across the idea that we're not a homogenous group of people who all do the same thing, but we all bring something unique, um, kind of the paella model. Um, what what do you think you bring looking? I mean, you've seen lots of changes in the team uh, yeah. over that 15 years. Yeah, what what is it that you think you've brought to the team both then and now? Yeah, well, if if we look at our team and everyone's sort of like key key specialities, probably mine is more the generalist, um, being flexible. Um, yeah, no, that that actually on reflection, I think that makes sense because yeah. you you have ended up doing probably the, the largest variety of engagements that we've ever done in Beyond the Deal. Yeah. Which probably brings brings it back to what I said initially about like looking for variety. So it's, yeah. there's a bit of a match match there. I mean, what what I personally find so intriguing about consulting is, on the one hand, it's it's about obviously delivering value. So it's about success we bring to our clients. But in order to do that, it's so much about people, and that's what what I personally um, enjoy enjoy so much and. When you come in as an external, the expectation is always to come with a solution, like to be told what to do, um, how things should be done or what to do, where to go. And in order to do that, in order to be able to tell, I, I find it's not so much about the telling, it's so much about the listening. Mm, yeah. And what I so much enjoy is like really listening to, well, what is it? exactly which is the challenge or what exactly is it that needs to change and just like go down into the essence to come yeah. up ultimately with the right solution 
Yeah, um, nine, nine tenths of the job sometimes is about making sure you're defining the, or helping the client define the right problem first. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so much about processes and approach, um, which which are sort of like a methodology and and but very similar in in the overall, but differ so much then in the in the details and how it yeah. applies. So yeah. that's, that's something which makes it interesting and having the general holistic approach to it obviously helps sort of like defining well what what area should we look at like where is it that really the problem sits yeah yeah is it this kind of uh, problem or that kind and therefore what's the right approach which is is really important in this area but i'm 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 going to push you a little bit more on that i mean if you look back over all the different projects you've had either either in um you know in btd or elsewhere you know but what what would you say has been you know the the most fulfilling one for you or the one you look back on uh, that you enjoyed the most or felt that you you either gave or got the most out of yeah um good question good question um because there's been so many and if you had asked me which i didn't like at all it would be really hard because i think i always uh, i always enjoy it mm -hmm. um especially the journey it goes through there is always this like storming period until really the performing happens um I think what's really rewarding, and that comes uh, with the long time we're looking back, is uh, having the opportunity to really establish like long-term relationships with our clients. Yes. And so it is. It is. Um, I think the best compliment um, a consultant can have is, is if a client comes back and asks you to come and help again, or and again and again. And and I think that's the most rewarding um rather than just one project itself is like the it's the collaboration over years and uh yes it is quite nice when you sit together and you can sort of like discuss and say like well now we're doing like this way but do you remember how we did it in 2007 yeah. for example or um or if i if i think of uh, an incident where we were having a discussion and and, and they, it was like oh we have this amazing tool we really need to use it and um he comes back with a slide and i look at it and and thought like hmm well actually i did that five years <laughs> there as, as nick likes to say there's nothing new in the world <laughs> yes so 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 that would be really something something really uh, rewarding yes yeah yeah now some something that is a bit new uh, I mean, we've been doing uh, this kind of work for uh, a very long time, but something that's certainly new in terms of the role that you've been playing is in in looking after the relationship with IMAA, which is the Institute of Mergers, Acquisitions and Alliances, um, who coincidentally are also based in Vienna, but provide training uh, both on a public and an in-house basis uh, around the world in mergers, acquisitions and alliances and, and integration, everything related to that. Um, yeah, what What is it that, that you enjoy about working with them and kind of supporting that relationship uh, and what I'm especially interested to know where you'd like to see that go in the next say two to three years yeah um yes uh in the past yeah we we, we started it with training and it got more and more and um I think the notion of having I call them MNA training just to being more more general like the yeah the end to end processes with either on the um, acquisition focused or, or the integration focused or end to end. So let's just keep it overall. Um, absolutely, I've been really enjoying it. And, and I hope that we can go 
further into it. Um, I think what is special about it, we always come with our mission, isn't it? Like integrating the end-to-end -end process thinking, uh, something we've been uh, doing the past decade. And, and while I think it's more and more recognized by the market, I think there is still some <laughs> some areas for sort of like further development or until it really gets into the organizations and into their processes. Um, yeah. uh, contrary to what we still see a lot um, of silo thinking. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't complain too much, but I, it does still surprise me even after 20 years that there's an awful lot of kind of very checklisty um, siloed thinking about you know, functional integration versus a an approach that connects it all back to M&A goals and, and, as you say, connects the dots between all the different pieces. Yeah, and, I, and I think trainings are, are a platform for sort of like evangelizing this idea and, and, and bringing yeah. it out to a broader level. Um, and when we think of it, in, if we would place them next to each other, say like cons consulting work versus training, mm -hmm. when it comes to the consulting, you, you're looking at the very specific um, situation and you're looking and finding a very practical solution for it. Uh, to a point need. Yes, yeah. exactly. while on the other side when it comes to training um, the challenge is the challenge is to bring it more to the essence to translate it in something which is um, specific enough to convey the needs but broad enough so that all the participants coming from very different starting positions can take something out of it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the principles behind it rather than necessarily the, the specific tool or action. Exactly. And and, yeah. and I think that's that really is interesting. And the situation or, or the opportunity of coming together around the table from so many different starting positions, back, um, situations within the company, backgrounds of the individuals and roles, and really challenging also the approach and methodology. It's, it's a good sounding board to sort of like bring yeah. back um, to, as you said, sort of like the, the principles behind it and, and challenging those. So a training is always, um, it, it's a give and take. So I learn as much as the participants do. And and that one I find uh, I find quite intriguing, and yeah, the past year has placed us all uh, through challenges like face to face from trainings, um, moved a lot to the internet, but online it's it's astonishing how well it was possible, and also the new opportunities it gave. Um, mm. I mean, think of the day where we had an early morning in Singapore and then an afternoon in Europe. So. Yep. There is new opportunities coming up in this area, and uh, so I'm looking really forward to a collaboration with IMA to bring that even further. Yeah, I mean, in, in the consulting as well, but especially yeah, the training and, and sort of conference work, it's it's actually allowed us to be even more global than we were before. But I mean, if, if you were to fast forward 12 months, uh, what kind of training do you think, what, what would the format of training be in your view? Face-to-face, -face, hybrid? still all virtual hmm. I, I think what we learned is and and probably everyone can relate from a very very personal level it is the mix hmm. which really brings the benefit i don't think we should fall into the trap of saying like well now we've seen that online everything is possible and so so efficient let's just do it like this yeah or 
let's go back to the old way just to classroom trainings. I think there is um, there is a benefit in both. So I I actually think it will be just complementary. So it should be different options given, and there will um, I wouldn't cancel classroom trainings because. There were, of course, a lot of downfalls in um, the whole networking, relationship building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, what I saw from the participants was they really missed these interactions amongst each other. Yeah. So I think that platform is something which might not be the training itself, but it's what comes with the training, um, which is, is, is something to keep. Um, so my recommendation was to to to, to to both to mm. offer this and that and then make it a choice for whom what fits yeah. better. One one of the things that, that I found interesting over the last 12 months, I'd be interested in your view on it, is uh, I think like a lot of people, we started to see or thought we saw a drive to kind of modularize training so that rather than it being these large two or three day uh, events, maybe split up over half days, you know, we would we would break up uh, or see a drive to break up the the training into lots of little components. Here's an hour on day one. Here's an hour on risk management. Here's an hour on uh, valuation. That didn't seem to happen. I think I think that assumption maybe was wrong. Uh, you know, when we look at some of the trainings that we've done recently, there still is, if anything, a, a greater demand for understanding how it all fits together. Would would you agree, or do you still think that there's a need to to break it up in, in more digestible chunks? Um, no, I, I think from experience, um, and that's been a learning for me as well, the, putting it into little chunks was also a bit driven from the fact to say, like, well, there is there is obviously an, an hour spent in front of a screen is not the same as an hour spent in a classroom. So True. it was with the good intention of making it more digestible for the audience. But I think it just missed reality just because I only spent one hour in front of the screen for my training. I still have the other seven hours for other meetings. So at the end, I think the learning was that while well intended, it just doesn't fit reality. And and while yes, spending a whole day or half a day in front of, of a screen is hard when we talk about now the online uh, model, I think still you need a good immersion into the topic and that takes time. So so I, I agree. I wouldn't I would still go for um, something like a bigger block to cover yeah. it and to allow it to sort of like iterate and to allow it to have questions coming up, having those answered rather than cutting it in so many different slices that at the end it doesn't uh, fulfill the, um, the overall view. Well, actually, think, thinking about it as we've talked, I think it also, the, the modular approach slightly misses the whole point of, of our methodology that you just talked about, and then especially the training. It's not about how you do one piece of this puzzle, it's how it all fits together. And I mean, if you think about the trainings we've done, you know, we're, we're bouncing back and forth between any one of 10 different topics that we would have otherwise tried to to modularize um, and you right if you were to try and do too much of that i guess you'd, you'd miss that that real secret sauce which is how they all connect up yes and, and there's still the interact absolutely the interaction amongst the participants or the yeah. with the faculties or yeah, with me or the faculties in general uh, it also brings up the, the the learning experience so yes i yeah. I, 
Interesting. Yeah. So, so um, as a final question before we wrap up, I mean, you've you've been with Beyond the Deal now for fifteen years, or at least we've we've known each other for fifteen. I think you joined Beyond the Deal maybe twelve or so uh, back. Let's let's not scare everybody by asking what you think will happen in the next twelve, but maybe <laughs> if 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 in the next you know three to three to four years, because we do take a, a bit of a long view. But yeah, what? How would you like Beyond the Deal? to change, uh, if at all. Yeah, well, uh, years, Carlos, actually, I insist. I want a medal. I want something to pray. <laughs> <laughs> Should we be like a big corporate and give you a pen at the end of a 20-year service yeah, <laughs> or, or a watch or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's actually um, interesting. It, um, time flies when you're having fun, isn't it? Like taking a step and thinking how many years it actually has been. It, it is. <laughs> so um, looking forward, how how it should be. It's it's interesting because at the moment we are going through so much change ourselves. Um, I mean, there's been a challenging year, and and we're still growing, which is great. And and growth puts it a little bit like BTD being declined, isn't it? Like how how do we how, how do we what do we advise or what do I advise to ourselves um, with growth? I mean, you need to change processes, structures. That's something which naturally comes with growth. But I think it's important to keep in mind what really has differentiated us so far and made us really successful, like being the small boutique, having a very hands-on approach. So I think um, this is something which we really don't want to lose. Yeah. So... So, um, as they say, you have to change in order to stay the same. I think that's something which I would really recommend beyond the deal um, to to keep that essence and um, make sure that we really are building up, keep a structure which is open and flexible and and really live the fit for purpose. Yeah. Um, to, to keep that, because um, ultimately it's about the people and with great people coming into the team. So to really give the space and keep that essence, I think that's what's going to make it successful. Well, it's, as, as, as you mentioned, it's like the advice we give our clients, don't just grow for the sake of growth. You've got to grow for a purpose to, to be better, not just bigger. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I certainly agree with that. Cool. Okay. Well, that, that probably wraps up the time. Um, thanks very much, Barbara. Appreciate the insights. Uh, we will be uh, talking with other members of the team in other podcasts, but thanks very much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you like our podcasts, please share, comment, or subscribe to our channel. BTD, from pre-deal to post, we help you go beyond the deal. 